Hello and welcome back to another edition of Editing Aloud. And I understand to my horror that while I was away, we failed to hold in a budget edition of this program. So we're going to briefly go over the budget uh, during the course of, of this one, um, which is why Hilary Joffe's next to me over here. Um, uh, but we've got a different panel today and some really, really good stories to talk about. But Hilary, just very quickly, um, Tito Mboweni delivers a budget that was obviously a long-term budget policy statement. Is that right? Medium-term medium term. Medium term budget policy statement. <laughs> uh, that was clearly prepared in advance, right? Did he do okay? He did amazingly well, given how yeah. bad the numbers were. The yeah. numbers were a bit of a trench match, really. The debt got, uh, the, the deficit got worse. The debt got worse. Big revenue shortfalls. Um, but I think the narrative that Tito put to it and his power of personality, if you like, yeah. will probably carry us through for now and, 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 and hold off the rating agencies. And it was a fairly strong message of, number one, um, growth and investment, and yeah. number two, private sector, you're welcome. Yeah. From him as well as several later on in the investment conference, which, which followed the which followed yeah. the budget. Yeah. I mean, to what extent, Kanita, do you, or Kanita, do you do you think Tito adds politically to the strength of um, Ramaphosa's presidency? I think it's just sort of the, the you know the personality that that he comes with yeah. more importantly. And I think um, what I really looked at was his uh, statements to the media before um, and after uh, yeah. delivering the speech, and you know the sentiments around. Um, you know, just you know, service delivery and yeah. his kind of kind of sentiment that you know, You're why should yeah. yeah, why should the state just you know be delivering Deliver services? services. Yeah. And it, for me, that was kind of a fascinating thing because it kind of went off script a little mm. bit, um, mm. and and it kind of well, he's had a lot of time to think off script, hasn't he? Well, <laughs> absolutely. But but I Twitter do, has twisted his mind. But I, yes, <laughs> but I do think that um, you know the, the the president is trying to sort of creative ways to reignite the economy. And mm. so to have someone who, who, you know, kind of has nothing to lose politically, mm. um, um, and, and he, he sort of portrayed that when he was talking um, in Parliament and later to the media. Yeah. And it was very blunt. I mean, mm. this, yeah. is, this, is, this is vintage Mboweni, really, it was, yeah. uh, on the subject of public sector pay. And yeah. he said going into the budget, it's ridiculous how much we're spending on public yeah. sector pay. Um, and he'd already put the unions backed up. But he was very, very blunt about the need to curb that and to yeah. stick with, you know, the, right, the, the path of right, both fiscally and in monetary terms. He also said hands off the Reserve Bank. They're doing an excellent job. Yeah. Leave them alone to fight inflation. Isn't that interesting? Because he, he silences, he, for the moment anyway, he'll silence a, a sort of raft of critics on a, on a range of, of issues. Um, uh, Ron, I mean, does he ever become, you know, I just, this is thinking off um, yeah. the top of my head, I mean, but does he ever become a serious contender for Cyril's job? Uh, no, don't think you so. You reckon? No, no, I don't think he has the. Yeah, we, would he, he would be entertaining, wow. but yeah. I don't see him as, as such, right? Uh, it's, it's a very good question. Tito Mboweni run for president. President no, Mboweni. No, no I, don't, I don't see him being, being able to go and build consensus him and dealing with kids. You know, but he's and so a powerful but he, guy. I mean, yeah. I don't know whether you follow Central Banking Warren, but I mean, yeah. I was told that when he became Reserve Bank yeah. Governor, they would go and they'd all, central bankers would all meet in Switzerland. It was the Bank of International yeah, yeah, Settlement yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that the, the top seven would go off and have a private dinner of their own on one of the nights. Yeah. And he was very irritated by this. So he invited everybody else to their own dinner. Mm -hmm. And now that dinner has become the one that everybody wants to go to rather than the, rather than the small dolly doll <laughs> and polite meeting yeah. of, of, the, of, the, uh, of the seven. Um, he, he, he obviously is, has, has injected, though, Ron, something into, into this administration. Yeah. I think if, it, like, if 
given where we are and given the austere, austerity nature, austere nature that the treasurer must speak, he's the perfect guy to speak it without fear, as Conquinis was saying. Yeah. And he, there is a bit of, like, he does have some authority within the NEC. And like, uh, is he an NEC? Yeah, NEC. Okay. When cool. Nene was outside, and Nene yeah. was just seen as basically like a... Uh, Technocrat in the true yeah. sense. Yeah, uh, this is the force to be yeah. reckoned with. Where Mboweni will sit there and argue with everyone and, 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 and freely argue, right? And yeah. I think he, he backs himself up on, on that level. There, there was talks that he's an economist, right? He'll, he'll even argue with uh, Ramaphosa. Ramaphosa has some view on, on an economy which he doesn't agree with. Yeah. He's a character who will well, say no. Ramaphosa was brought up in classic sort of old boy elite capitalism and Tito is a development economist. Exactly. So yeah. I think he's a perfect person, a bulwark in that for now. Yeah. I don't think long term whether he'll be finance minister yeah. after, after the elections next year. I'm, I'm not quite sure he, he'll still really? be there. But yeah, something tells me that he's a stopgap just to pl uh, plug really? the gap. Yeah, that's ah, from be, within I, the ANC. I, I think we'd all miss him um, uh, yeah. quite a lot. Warren, you were saying earlier on that uh, the BBS Bank is come under more pressure now, so the Reserve Bank itself is saying, sorry, we can't help you. It's, we've got to get, we've got to shut this down. Bit of a political hot potato because there had been some people inside the ruling party and obviously the EFF that yeah. had called for the bank to be revived. Yeah. Uh, and certainly. Well, even Tito, I think, did, didn't he? Didn't mentioned he say that it in his revival? speech as well. Or hinted at something to that. But uh, I think Tito's a realist and obviously is a man yeah. who understands banking. Get in the, way of the, uh, the fundamental uh, idea of a bank is trust, right? And certainly when we uh, learnt about what was happening earlier this year, we, we got to the conclusion that maybe 75% of the, the assets of the bank had been stolen. Yeah. I actually think they might have stolen more money because of the ability to create fictitious money that yeah. allowed them to make some of those acquisitions. So Cuban Naidu, who is uh, the deputy governor of the Reserve Bank and head of the Prudential Authority, the new yeah. Prudential Authority that yeah. supervises banks, yeah. uh, submitted papers yesterday saying that it's, it's all but over for VBS and is, is going to have it liquidated. Hopelessly insolvent was the term. Hopelessly insolvent. Is there, a political, is there a political ramification to this, Cornita? Yeah, so there's two faults to it. Uh, you saw the Sunday Times over the weekend saying yeah. that the VBS obviously... Um, Received money from well, the ANC. The, the received money, yeah, sorry, yeah. from VBS. Um, so the, the the one conversation is what happens to the people who are directly implicated. And now there's the discussion <coughs> about the ANC Integrity Committee again. Yeah. Um, the last time there was this discussion was around you know former President Jacob Zuma, yeah. um, and and basically how how much of a muscle they can flex. Yeah. Um, and that's going to be the big discussion on this weekend when right. the ANC meets for that particular reason, uh, among other things. And then the the, the other issue is just you know, they were pontificating and pointing the fingers at the EFF in Parliament and, and, and so forth. And now they're at the um, receiving end of that now because yeah. um, they have, um, you know, benefited from, from this loot. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's going to be interesting to see um, what, what they come up with. But I also kind of find it quite fascinating that they would say that, um, you know, poor people's money was not stolen from this whole VBS. Oh, because of the net bank. Yeah. Well, the state stood behind the deposits oh. up to 100,000 rand. So the state stepped in with a, with a guarantee. But the poor people's money was stolen. I mean, yeah. the taxpayers basically, yeah. as you say, have to bail bail them out. Yeah. But also these municipalities that, that, that yeah. um, you know, yeah. were affected, those are poor people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, That's more than yeah. 100,000 rand. Yeah. But, but the, like, the yeah. difference with VBS and for, say, like an African bank, African bank, when, when it collapsed, at least there was... You know, people out there to go to like reclaim money from. So the business case for someone to rescue it and yeah. get those monies back and rebuild the bank. Here, it's, 
there's VBS, where do you go to reclaim all this money? It's like literally, you gotta go just, to the court. It's you just completely to, broken. Yeah, it's completely broken. Like, like uh, as I said, like, as always, a banking high. So it isn't, there's no business case in anyone coming to rescue VBS, for instance. Whereas African Bank, when it And is there, there any place to hide for those people for who are named as having received money from VBS Bank? I mean, presumably, if uh, um, uh, Floyd Chivambu's brother in the report got money, then, yeah. then this. The person who wrote this report could prove that, right? Yeah. I mean, so it's all directly or indirectly. Yeah, but it's all, so there'll it's be an case. accounting. Yeah, there is, a, but there's no. I mean, in terms of rescuing this bank was dead from the minute those guys looted. I, I can't see any recovery from it. Yeah. And the only way to, I mean, get back those monies is to go to the, the whole. And it's interesting system. though, but this comes yeah. at the time when I think there are four new banks in the offing. Here. I right. mean, um, uh, there Discovery, is Discovery uh, Bank, Petrus Matsepe. In Discovery Bank, if I'm not mistaken. Is being the new CEO is Barry Hall, right. who was the former chief of IT at SARS. He was fired by Tom Mayani, who declares in Business Day today, "I'm not the devil incarnate," so, <laughs> and replaces him with a, a person verging on—I I can't even think of an English word that wouldn't get me into legal trouble—as head of IT at SARS. So somebody who literally cannot explain her job. Yeah. And so we lose this guy to discovery. Right. Uh, he's going to run it back. Anyway, that's just another, probably another story. Could Barry Hall also worked for Nedbank at one stage. I think he was the head of IT there at once. Um, and that's where he went to SARS. Yeah. So he but the, and then Michael Jordan, ex-FNB, he started a bank? He's starting a, a bank called Bank Zero, which is a mutual bank as well. Also very reliant on technology to drive down fees. Yeah. Uh, so he said to us uh, yesterday, it's in the newspaper yeah. today, that the cost of running... Uh, the IT operation for Bank Zero is yeah. 1% of 1% of what it used to cost <laughs> to run the uh, IT system at, at FNB. That's and part of that he attributed to open source archi architecture yeah. and software, which yeah. you can access for free. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I, I use, I, I, know, I don't want to give many advertising, but I'm going to just briefly. <laughs> I use his, um, his data thing, where, uh, Rain. Rain. And it's, it's, it's unbelievably cheap. I mean, and I use a lot of data, and I pay almost nothing for it. It's ridiculous. And then there's a third one. Patrice Matsepe is starting a bank. Right, which is also very focused on yeah. tech and also going yeah. to be attacking uh, banking fees as yeah. well. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be called Time Bank, as we understand. This has got an Australian connection. Yes, ori originally developed by the Commonwealth Bank of Australia okay. here. And then they decided, they did a portfolio and dis yeah. uh, decision and, and decided they wanted to get out. So yeah. Patrice Motsepe's African okay. Rainbow Capital will own that entire bank. Wow. And it's just a waiting signature from the finance minister. So that, that will also get going yeah. next year. And people talk about the Post Bank. But if you speak to Mark Barnes, he's, I'm not sure. Mark Barnes is now writing stories for Ron Darby, <laughs> columns for Ron Darby saying <laughs> he wants one big state bank. And I think the post office would be should in there. the central somewhere. player in this. Yeah. We, should, we should put him together with Tito and Bowenia. I mean, they'd get on like exactly. a house Bowenia does want a state bank. Yeah. I, don't know, I know what he well, thinks Well, Barnes now knows how to do it. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, absolutely. Hillary. Um, are these banks going to trouble Standard Bank and Ned Bank and, you know, the, the, you, you're a banking writer well, of, of, of I was, old. I was of old. Yes, look, I, I suppose... Um, I mean, if you were, if you, were you know, um, Mike Brown at Ned Bank, would you be worried about Michael Jordan at... Uh, Actually, you, should, you should almost be welcoming it because you need disruptive innovation to kind yeah. of keep everybody on their toes. And um, it has to be a good thing to get competition into what's been a... Um, a banking sector where, where, which has been dominated by a few big players, though with the entry of, of, of Capitec, which has been a huge success. Yeah. I think there's long been you know, thinking that we need more small 
agile players in the banking sector, and particularly now. Um, but going back to VBS, I think one of the issues for this, the Reserve Bank is, is to look at the lessons of VBS and yeah. how they managed to miss that, even yeah. though it was a very tiny mutual bank. Yeah. Um, and to make sure that you can bring competitors yeah. into the market, smaller competitors, yeah. but also keep them. But you will remember very well when we were both on business Indeed. days. Um, and they brought the, a whole lot of small banks into whole this lot of, whole market. A lot of small banks And it all went horrendously and it went wrong. really badly wrong. So I hope this time and we can get the And you stopped me sending a photographer to take, them, take, to them, take a the picture. picture. They all met somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to get a photographer mm -hmm. to see all these bankers with their, you know, covering their faces with the newspaper. <laughs> they scurried in to admit defeat and Hillary stopped me. But I think that was, was the last, the the do, last the time, late 90s, when we, when, when we brought lots yeah. of new banks into the sector yeah. and it went horribly wrong. I don't think it has to this time. So no. we're really looking forward to competition, which is also well regulated. And certainly, uh, I mean, Peter, uh, the entry of Bank Zero, they're not even going to do lending. So they're just going to focus on transactional income oh, really? uh, and savings deposits. And then he's going to take the float and invest that into... Uh, more wholesale markets where there's an interest differential, I would expect uh, Time Bank would be equally conservative. Yeah. So, um, in the past, I'd say a small competitor in a big pool, they might be at a disadvantage. Yeah. But when you start talking tech with some of these bank yes. CEOs, and you've got a guy like makes, Michael Yudon that can build a bank from scratch mm. without having to marry a hundred different legacy yeah. systems like he had yeah. to do at F&B, yeah. they might be at a distinct yeah. advantage going into uh, competing at, well, a, at a very some, primary for, level. For some Chabalala, there's, there's something for you to watch. Mm -hmm. um, uh, as well as watch the rest of this program, we'll be back after this break. Welcome back. Uh, Juanita, you've written uh, the lead in the Sowetan today. Anti-Cyril plot thickens. I don't know whether anybody can see that. Um, uh, it's basically built around the fact that um, former Northwest Premier Supra Mahumapelo is now joining um, uh, an effort, a legal effort, uh, to challenge the ANC, ANC National Executive Committee's decision to disband the provincial executive in Northwest, is that right? And yeah. as part of removing him. Um, and uh, in that he joins um, um, uh, a, a sort of a fight back in a way, I suppose, against Sura Ramaphosa. Yeah. Started and made absolutely blunt by the pictures in the Sunday Times of the meeting at the, at the hotel in Durban, whose name I momentarily... Maharadi. Maharadi. And, uh, and, you know, let's not be surprised. Guess who's going to represent them? Advocate Dalian Pufu, the chairman of the Economic Freedom Fighters. Um, yeah. Of course, he would argue that he's just doing his job yeah. and this has nothing yeah. to do with the EFF at all. Yeah. <laughs> but there's something else to play here. If you want to fight the ANC uh, as an ANC member, Dalian Pufu is your guy. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's yeah. that's uh, the trend that we've been seeing. But yeah. why the story is quite fascinating is... In the past, there's always been uh, some legal action to big decisions made by the ANC and NEC um, about disbanding leadership structures. We've yeah. seen it in the ANC in KZN, we've seen it uh, uh, in Limpopo. Um, and so, so, so that trend is, is, yeah. is normal. But now, for a former chairperson, a strongman of the ANC, one strongman of the yeah. ANC, a former premier, to then sit back, first, you know, kind of distance himself away from this uh, to see how the, sort of the political river flows yeah. and then deciding that, no, he actually supports this case and then wants to make his own representations. Now, what's quite fascinating... Who started the case? Was it other... 
other Northwest members, yeah. right? So, so, so the so the ANC in um, the NEC in August took yes. the decision that there was enough um, to warrant the decision to dissolve the, the right. leadership structure. Yeah. This was after they put the provincial government under administration, right. yeah. and yeah. there was a whole lot of infighting, etc., yeah. etc. Yeah. Et yeah. Then um, uh, this decision was taken, and then there was cut of a fight back, and um, you know, four ANC members. Um, decided to take the ANC to yeah. court. Now, that decision to take the ANC to court was taken the day after the yes. great Maharani yeah. meeting, right. um, where, where Supra Mahumapela was present, Esma Khashule was present. Right. And at the time, there was absolute um, you know, rejection of our story in that that matter was discussed yeah. um, in that meeting. Yeah. But, but now, this, this kind of the follow-up to that shows that there was you know, a, a strategy that was in place, that they were going to challenge this ANC decision. Right. And now they're challenging it on, um, on sort of technicalities. And the irony of this is that um, Supra Mahmapela, who, who was the former Premier and ANC uh, Northwest Chairperson, in the past, attacked ANC members for taking the ANC to court on decisions. And, and using, using Dalian Pofu And using Dalian Pofu yeah, as well. Yeah. And now he's doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, you know, if you look at the, the heads of argument, and the matter is going to be heard on Friday, mm. you see in that... In what court? Uh, in the uh, South Khateng High right, Court, yeah. Johannesburg High Court. And so, so what they're they trying to do is um, to force the court to, to reinstate him. Yeah. And, and, and the political uh, uh, sort of... You know wh why this matters politically, hmm. rather, is because the ANC list processes are, are taking place. Right now, the list processes are extremely important for, especially for yeah. a person who was once a strongman, yeah. and so they would want to be in charge of the list process to ensure that they that they can have control over who, who the is candidates are going to who the, for who the provincial legislature yeah. and parliament. Yeah. and and that really is you could see the shorter measure to say put us back in. Um, we anyways we were would, going to to be out in. February Would there year. be a, a plan B if they fail in the court? Yeah, so, so, so we kind of saw the plan B uh, manifesting a little yesterday outside the Chili House where there was that you know, protest by some of their members. Yeah. Um, and so uh, it's almost uh, you know, a script. We've seen this. Yeah. Once you fail in court, you kind of mobilize popular support and, and then you'll see kind of disruptions that follow. Um, and, and, and I do think that this NEC meeting is going to be... Um, you know, focusing a little bit on the on the list processes. The NEC meet when this weekend. This weekend, it's right. a special meeting right. uh, to discuss. Um, you know, yeah, how do you get? Actually, actually, it's interesting. How do you get onto the list of you know? Because each party has a list of you know, according to how many votes it gets, and your cutoff will be wherever your votes end. Yeah. Um, so if you're number 99 and you don't get there, you fall off and you yeah. go back to your day job. So the DA has an interesting process because they, they use like an electoral college type yeah. of, of, of system yeah. and, 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 and their system is a little different where you apply for a job and then you get interviewed, etc. Yeah. But the ANC is that you would have to get branches to then um, submit your name. So they would each branch would have to submit, you know, 200 names, and then this gets consolidated on a regional uh, um, right. level, and then consolidated on a provincial yeah. level, and then later in the year, it's supposed to be next month, but I don't know when it would be, um, um, there would be a national list conference where they then separate the list, national to national, province to national, yeah. and then the provincial legislatures as yeah. well. And then obviously, the higher you are, um, 
the higher you are on the list, the more chance you are to be um, to become an MP or to be an MP yeah, and then yeah, you know yeah, minister or yeah, MEC. Yeah. So so that's really where 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 the power lies. I and think does anybody have? I mean, is is it completely transparent and democratic and open? Or absolutely not. No. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. I mean. So how do you slender your how do you slender your candidate into so, the list? So 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 you know before the Nasdaq conference yeah. there was obviously these type of maneuvering about being yeah. on the NEC and being you know lobbied and. So, so someone told me this week that um, there's more at stake in the ANC list processes yeah. um, than than the process, um, you know, leading up to the to yeah. the to their own internal conference. Yeah. And that's because you know you guaranteed a job yeah. if you if you feature yeah. high up on the list. Yeah. And so um, so there's that kind of um, of of uh, you know maneuvering yeah. and lobbying. Yeah. But yeah. one other point, if you you'll see in that story in the Sovietan, Peter, that they are arguing in court that. If the NEC said that these branches were in disarray, therefore we have to disband. Therefore, the whole conference should be disbanded. So then, the national N- yeah. the national yeah. conference yeah. of Nasdaq, and so that's kind of yeah. like the, the the point that I'm looking yeah. at to see how far they're going to push, how can you push in that, that in in, yeah. in that regard. Yeah. And how, and well, how good much, luck to them. How much is it if the MPs, uh, as an SG, what's his name, Ace is the the main guy? So if the MPs are all kind of more Zuma friendly. And and sort of goes into the ANC with the parliament. MPs basically are a faction of Zuma. If I mean, this whole push with the idea that they want to recall uh, Ramaphosa earlier, is this also like part of a, a long-term game plan of eventually, uh, perhaps recalling him at some point? Yeah, Ramaphosa absolutely. At absolutely. some point, when it comes to MP. And I remember the the NEC is something that they don't have really. It, it's not strong either way, yeah. which is why like the. You know the Ramaphosa side would win on Northwest, yes. but lose on another issue. You know mm. that kind of thing. Mm. So when it comes to the list processes, mm. you want to push all your people yeah. um, into the parliament, yeah. into the um, provincial legislatures, and 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 in that way, um, if if there's something yeah. controversial, yeah. your your MPs block it. Yeah, block it and off. so mm. eventually you have uh, a lame duck president, yes. or, um, and and a few of his you know little cronies that made it yeah. up the, yeah. the, the ladder. Mm. Lovely politics. Um, <laughs> We've got it. We were going to talk about the investment conference, but as we're as we one week behind, Hillary, please come back next week. I want to talk about it. There's so much to do. But um, Warren Thompson has put his name, along with Amo Bongani, uh, to the financial mail lead today. Um, and it's a really good story about Marcus Eurster and Steinhoff by the looks of it. Um, and Warren, you've just, just run us through this. But basically, you're saying. Um, that this investigation has confirmed what you long suspected. Former Steinhoff CEO Marcus Huster held secret stakes in companies that traded with Steinhoff for years to his covert benefit. These, true de- these deals, true beneficiaries, were hidden from investors. What's been going on? What have you found out? Well, certainly it's a, it's a very detailed description of how long it's been going on, how it was, uh, how it was executed. And certainly I think what... Uh, readers will find very interesting is that the Steinhoff family were beneficiaries of this, what we call self-dealing. So a, a, a grand tale Why would of, that be surprising? I mean, that's what people, I mean, that's what crooks do, don't they? They steal. I mean, it's all, it's all for the family. Right, yes. Yeah. But uh, certainly the fact that uh, it was the family that had their name on the business yeah. uh, that was also covertly enriching themselves oh, okay. through these... Oh, uh, the, right, the, yeah, the, original, the original Steinhoff family. Right. Um, both so this is the crooked business right from the start? It appears so, yes. It goes back uh, 20 years almost to the, the time that uh, they listed initially on the JSC in 1998. And uh, you'll see a whole lot of uh, funny structures and entities coming from places like the BVI, the Bahamas, that we could only really track because of the uh, Panama Papers, uh, as well as documents that we've been able to um, source 
from inside yeah. uh, the offices of some of these people that were carrying out these deals. So, so th and this is in, in the Steinhoff saga. Um, this is new. Certainly, the fact that the the, the Steinhoffs themselves had had been enriching themselves yeah. uh, is new. Yeah. Um, but certainly, we give uh, credence to the fact that this was almost a criminal enterprise from the from the get go. Hillary, just to bring the investor conference in, yeah, I mean, exposing this sort of thing um, uh, does us much more good than harm, I'm sure, in the eyes of the world. Absolutely. I, 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 do, yeah, I think yeah. foreigners are kind of struck by the robustness of, of our media and our, some of our survived, sure. the institutions that yeah. have survived. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think it is it, when the, the, that our institutions are, are sort of still strong, including the media yeah. and and the courts and so on, is one of the things that keeps South Africa attractive, even though we have like practically yeah. zero growth. Because it almost seems as if the tide is about to to turn. You know, where Ronan, tell me whether I'm going completely off the rails here, but mm. you know, US so US employment is almost yeah it's full now. Yes, right? yeah, basically. Um, yeah. Interest rates in the U.S. are going to have to have to rise, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but ours are going to have to rise too. I mean, is there? Does it become a bubble in, a, in when you've got full employment? I mean, I mean, when does that? When does all that lovely foreign money cash come back? Come yeah, back. into I emerging we, markets. Actually, well, if, okay, maybe put on my, on my positive hat and say, look. As you say, U.S. employment is almost fully employed. There's, a, there's talk of like uh, a plateau in, in, the, in the U.S. growth. Yeah. They've reached at the top. And even when it comes to interest rates, they, this year might be the last year. And next year, talk of high interest rates is over in, in the U.S. And U.S. is due for an economic downturn. Now, mm. that is a positive, in a sense, yeah. for us. Because once that the U.S. growth story falls off track, then money will look for other places to go. And if you look at, in, in an emerging market pool of yeah. countries, I mean, you have Brazil that uh, just, just a right winger is now the yeah. president. So in terms of that... He's and about to do something really stupid, he, that guy. He's yeah. about to do yeah. something really yeah. stupid. So, yeah. so in terms of that, so next year, I think, like, look, I think next year, if the U.S. story needs to, all the heat must get out of the U.S. story, yeah. the fangs, Facebooks, and so on, then money will look for other places to go. And if South Africa, given the strength of the Reserve Bank, and it's in the depth of the markets, the depth of the markets South Africa then yeah. stands to benefit from it going yeah. into next year. Yeah. But the U.S. economy must slow. Like, it has to, yeah. all the, the good news cheer around the U.S. economy must, must disappear. And I think yeah. it's, it's due. It's due that almost 10 years. And we can also, we've also been a nice opportunity next year to really squeeze the Brits when they come yeah. cap in hand for a trade deal. Exactly. And the things we want. Yeah, I think the thing is that the yeah. kind of investment we, we're talking about is the sort of portfolio flows. Yeah. It's bond yeah. market, equity market but, investment. But we want the can't you grab that? I mean, I understand that, but I mean... It, but, but what we're looking for now is the FDR, the fixed investment, yeah. the, the more durable that will increase the capacity of the economy to grow yeah. in future. Because yeah. quite, a, quite a scary number, which the, the Reserve Bank highlighted the other day at its monetary policy forum, is that potential growth is now... In other words, the, the economy's ability to yeah. grow without hitting yeah. all sorts of... It is now, they reckon no more than 2%. Even oh. if we got everything right. Yeah. So what we need is sort of investment that will open up the capacity yeah. of the economy yeah. again. And that means foreign and domestic direct investment, yeah. not just not, not the just. portfolio. But it's great for confidence. We, we need like a confidence change in confidence. confidence. Like a proper yeah. confidence, like, okay, injection, yeah. something. It's like, let us breathe a bit. We haven't been breathing for the past, I don't know, five years, but since 2013, yeah. I would yeah. say. So just that... Okay, and yeah. amongst all our neighbours, I think South Africa is compared to Brazil and the rest. Geez, yeah. I mean, much. No, I think I think the story is gradually coming coming right, yeah. but we'll see. Thank you very much for being with us. We'll see you again next week.